Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. Well, the high school sports season is done, at least for 2022-23. The WIA season officially in the books. We are into the offseason. In a little bit, we're going to catch up on some offseason news, talk basketball with WBCA Executive Director Jerry Pettigrew, longtime legendary head boys basketball coach at Cuba City. And uh, check up on some some basketball items that were voted on this week. Also talk about the WBCA All-Star Games coming up next week. Before we do that, though, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Are you looking for an athletic advantage for your athlete or team? B3 Sciences is the answer. Originally limited to only Olympic caliber athletes, it is now available to anyone. Increase vertical leap, quickness, speed, and strength through a more effective, efficient, and safer way to get deeper level of fatigue and more muscle fiber recruitment than many modern workouts. Visit drken.b3sciences.com and take a 30-day no-risk test drive. Technology trusted by the Milwaukee Brewers, Chicago Cubs, LA Clippers, USA Powerlifting, Kansas City Chiefs, and many more professional and Olympic teams. Again, visit drken.b3sciences.com. Before we uh, have our conversation and interview with uh, Coach Pettigrew, let's just take a second to recap uh, the incredible action that we got last week. What a way it was to go out on the 2022-2023 high school sports scene. First of all, the the baseball state championships last week it would not be state baseball without some weather impacts. There was a, a day almost completely wiped out due to weather. But it was the first year that they expanded the tournament. So it was a four-day, Monday through Thursday, state baseball tournament at Neuroscience Group Field at Fox City Stadium in Grand Chute, Wisconsin. That's a mouthful. Uh, but with that expanded schedule, it did allow... A, a, a better opportunity to recover from a rain day. Um, and what a state tournament it was, championship games that lived up to the hype, some outstanding games along the way. In Division One, Whitefish Bay claimed a championship 5-1 to over Hortonville as Brewers manager uh, Craig Council was in attendance watching his son Jack, who is a key performer for Whitefish Bay. In Division Two, you had Denmark winning a third consecutive state championship in high school baseball. They downed St. Thomas Moore in 11 innings, 3-2. Denmark got the win. They finished 30-2 on the season. It was St. Croix Falls winning it all in Division Three. They were a 3-1 victor over Aquinas. And to open championship Saturday, or excuse me, championship Thursday, Division Four. what a game that was as Ithaca rallied from a seven-run deficit late in the ballgame. They scored eight runs over the final three innings to beat Pecatonica 8-7. to seven. It is the second state title for Ithaca. I believe 2016 was the other, uh, other one as Ethan Cockroft drove in the winning run on the, uh, in the bottom of the seventh inning, a walk-off in a state championship game. What a feeling that had to be for, for Ethan for that entire Ithaca ball club. Congratulations to the Bulldogs head coach, Danny Clary. What a, uh, what a run they have had in the last decade or so of outstanding, outstanding baseball teams. Good to see Ithaca is a neighboring community to uh, where I live in Reedsburg. 
uh, some great folks there, and obviously some some outstanding baseball talent that has gone through there over the last few years. So state baseball wrapped up again a four day event for the first time, and then what a way to end things in girls soccer. Those state that state tournament held Thursday through Saturday, the very last state tournament games, the very last official competitions in this sports season. Division one, it was Muskego taking down Kettle Moraine in the uh, state championship game. Division two, Oregon defeated Whitefish Bay in a battle of absolute heavyweights in girls soccer. And that is a rematch and a, a revenge match for Oregon as Whitefish Bay won the title game over Oregon last year. But, uh, or excuse me, uh, Whitefish Bay won this year over Oregon. Let me correct myself. And uh, Oregon uh, had beat Whitefish Bay last season. Uh, Division three, it was Plymouth over Edgewood, two to one. And then Division four, it was actually the last game of the girls' soccer state tournament, the last match, the last competition of the entire year. And it was a thriller. Cedar Grove, Belgium, and Kiel battled it out, but Kiel won six to five in double overtime. Six to five, Kiel wins it in double overtime. Uh, it was Tavi Sager scoring the game-winning goal in the 94th minute to get the victory for Kiel, and that was a great way to wrap things up on this high school sports season. As we are on to off-season, off-season news, off-season information, that doesn't mean that you know high school sports stop by any means. There is so much going on in high school sports. Um, as a high school sports parent, I think it's busier now in a lot of ways than it was at any point during the, uh, the season. My son, Brett, is a three-sport athlete in Reedsburg, participating in football, basketball, and track and field. We've got lifting uh, four days a week. They've got football contact days once a week. They've got basketball, open gyms a couple times. They've got league, um, just a lot of stuff going on. And that's how it is for all the high school athletes out there as they uh, try to get better in the offseason to get ready for next season. As you have noticed on Wisports.net, we've continued our offseason coverage. Mark Miller and Norbert Durst will be at a number of uh, tournaments, whether they're high school tournaments, uh, club team tournaments, um, getting information out from those, continuing um, a look at that offseason hoops uh, environment and uh, uh, updating on things there. We are running uh, a couple of events in the summertime here at Wisports.net. Next week, we have uh, our Beaver Dam tournament coming up. Um, should be a great couple days there. We've got 32 teams for the boys, 32 teams for the girls, including four uh, JV groups, 28 varsity groups for girls. So really looking forward to some great competition, especially on the girls' side. There are some elite, high-level girls' basketball teams going to be there and it's going to be a great couple days of competition. We'll have coverage from the events. You can follow Norb and Mark on Twitter for sure. Make sure you follow our WSN account. We'll post some pictures, videos, results, uh, what's going on, uh, who's looking good, who's playing well. Uh, and then afterwards, you can check out Wisports.net. Norb and Mark will have recaps and analysis of the event as well. Uh, so you're going to want to make sure you check those out. Coming up a little bit later in July, we have our WSN Gridiron Showcase a, with a, uh, a great day at Plymouth High School's indoor turf facility where we will do combine uh, style testing, another opportunity for kids to get in 
uh, some testing verified. We will have laser timing on the 40. I believe we will also have 10 yard splits on the 40 that are laser timed. Um, so looking forward to that opportunity. And later in the day or, or later in the sessions, there will be position specific drills conducted by the college coaches that will be uh, by some of the college coaches that will be there. We're looking forward to having Ripon, uh, UW Stevens Point, UW Platteville represented as well to put players through their their paces. There will be other coaches there monitoring and and uh, and watching uh, the goings on. So that's a, a great event that we're looking forward to. Second year for our Gridiron Showcase, Plymouth is an outstanding facility to host that at. Just an amazing indoor facility that they have um, there at, at Plymouth. Uh, they're undergoing some uh, some other projects at their facility. I think I think the turf is in on their uh, football field, if I remember correctly. I think that was getting done last year. Maybe it was getting resurfaced. Um, but really, some some great investments in uh, in the facilities and in athletics there at Plymouth. Uh, we've uh, we've talked and, and I've talked many times about how. The investment that schools make in high school athletics, in high school extracurriculars, is so small, but the return is so great. It is unbelievable. Um, you would love to see more investment in, in education in general, but uh, you know, from our perspective, we feel that the return on investment in extracurriculars is so incredible that schools have to start prioritizing it. The average school budget for all extracurriculars, which includes sports, drama, forensics, uh, musical, plays, uh, clubs and organizations, all of that is 3%. 3% of the school budget goes to extracurricular uh, activities. But the returns in terms of higher test scores, higher uh, aggregate uh, academic performance, reduced risky behaviors, including reduced chances of teen pregnancy, reduced chances of abusing uh, substances, of uh, much better mental health. We saw that during the pandemic when high school sports were shut down and mental health scores went down considerably. There was a, a study done by our friend Dr. Tim McGuire at UW Health talking about mental health and the importance of high school sports uh, and, and how the shutdowns were impacting things. I just the other day was going back and reading some of the uh, the, the content that we had done in April of 2020, uh, where we had talked to high school athletes that had, first of all, had their basketball or winter sports seasons uh, shut down and talked to them about what that experience was like, you know, how they found out, how they dealt with it, how they, you know, uh, just processed all of that. And also another article that we, we talked with spring sport athletes about you know, when they're, when spring sports got impacted and delayed and eventually canceled, how they dealt with that, what that process was like, and, and just reading some of the, the comments and the testimonials of how, how drastically it impacted kids during that time was, was really, you know, eye-opening to look back on and, and think about all the things that, that we did <laughs> as a society uh, you know, back in 2020 and even into 2021, um, and, and how those things continue to impact, uh, you know, going forward, there continue to be studies coming out showing that mental health has declined since 2020 in dealing with COVID and processing all of the news and 
and uh, everything, how test scores have gone down in, in large part due to classes being shut down for an extended period, virtual le learning being utilized for an extended period, all those things, how academic performance has, has gone down. Um, it was just further eye-opening to go back and, and read some of those comments from those uh, students. So again, high school sports are important and, and high school athletics are important. Um, better test scores, better mental health, better academic performance, less risky behavior, so many benefits. And yet again, 3% of the, uh, of the budget annually on average goes to extracurriculars. And they impact, extracurriculars impact. I mean, at some schools, it's, it's got to be close to 100% in a participation in some kind of extracurricular whether it's drama, whether it's theater, whether it's, um, you know, choir, band, sports, obviously, um, are, are influenced in influencing so many students that you would love to see that investment continue. So uh, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox for now for that. Uh, in just a moment, we're going to get to our conversation with Jerry Pettigrew, the executive director of the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association. Uh, talk about the WBCA All-Star Games coming up. Talk about reaction to the uh, the hoops news from this week. And uh, just great to catch up with Coach Pettigrew. Been an incredible friend and mentor for us at WSN over the years. The WBCA was one of the first groups to you know, really legitimize and, and, uh, and welcome what uh, Nicholas Cartos started at WIS Sports, at that time, WISHoops.net. Um, and has always continued to be a great friend. And we, uh, Nicholas, uh, and then later on myself and Norbert Durst have served on the executive board of the WBCA, assisted the WBCA in a number of processes, including communications, uh, website, um, you know, assisting with selection of the all-star process and just all, all kinds of stuff that we've done with the WBCA over the years. And Jerry Pettigrew is a big reason why that has happened, why that has been successful, uh, what, what he has done to make the WBCA into what it is and to, again, just be a great friend for us at WIS Sports. Uh, love catching up with Coach Pettigrew anytime that we can. I mean, we generally talk once or twice a week anyways, but uh, to, to get his thoughts on some of these things, I think it'll be a really great conversation. Um, he'll talk, uh, and you'll hear a little bit later in the interview, him talking about you know how the WBCA works with the WIAA and how... Just because the WBCA wants something, it doesn't mean it's always going to happen. Sometimes there's there's coaches that, you know, they're they're just not sure how how their voice is heard as a coach, and it and it is very often through the WBCA. And the WBCA does an incredible job advocating for coaches, for the game of basketball, for the student athletes. And we'll move into that uh, conversation with Coach Pettigrew in just a second. But before we do that, let's remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, let's get to it right now. Uh, we'll bring in Jerry Pettigrew, WBCA Executive Director. Great interview and conversation with Coach Pettigrew. All right, as we continue our conversation of off-season items around high school sports, we're going to bring in a great guest, a great friend of, of us here at WSN and huge uh, friend of high school sports in general in Wisconsin, Jerry Pettigrew, the executive director of the WBCA, former head coach at uh, boys basketball coach at Cuba City. 
Coach, appreciate you coming on and, and chatting about a few different things today on the WSN podcast. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I uh, look forward to talking about it. Well, let's start with some great initiatives coming up next week as we are uh, in the offseason for high school sports, but of course, high school sports never stops. Uh, we've got the WBCA Boys and Girls All-Star Games coming next week. Wednesday is the girls' games. Thursday are the boys' games, all the games, at Just a Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells. Uh, unbelievable facility there, also the home of the WBCA Hall of Fame. Uh, give us a little bit of a rundown of what the, the All-Star Games are like and also some of the great um, uh, things that go about the All-Star Games in terms of fundraising and, and the great work that kids are doing uh, that are participating in the All-Star Games. Yeah, we're really looking uh, forward to the All-Star Games this year, uh, Travis. Uh, uh, number one, uh, I think, uh, especially on the boys' side, we've got uh, probably as good a cast of players as we've had for a long time. A lot of all-state players, Mr. Basketball, uh, Kinsinger kid from De Pere is going to play. Got the Klesmet kid playing from uh, Nina. Uh, we've got uh, the Recky kid playing. We've got uh, Hurley kid playing. Uh, some really, really, really good players in all divisions will be playing in the games. And uh, it should be an exciting week. And and we're really fortunate, Travis, in that we're one of the few states, when you think of all-star games, you're saying most of them lose money. Ours, we're able to, uh, because of the kids and fundraising, and we raise for five different charities, uh, you know, guarding against cancer, Greg Gard's signature uh, foundation at the University of Wisconsin, and then Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer, and uh, the Ronald McDonald House, and Easter Seals in Camp Wabeek at Wisconsin Dells, and Hometown Heroes, which is an outstanding uh, veterans organization. Uh, and we're able to give each one of those organizations $20,000. So we give over $100,000 to uh, charities uh, from this event. Now, we'll anticipate that we're probably in the two days we'll get between five and 6,000 people at uh, the Just a Game facility for all of the games. And the games, uh, you know, we... Uh, we start on Wednesday with the girls in Division Five is at nine o'clock, and and then about ten thirty or ten forty-five we got Division Four. Around noon we're going to have the Rim Rockers uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks, and if you've never seen those people, uh, they're amazing to be honest with you. And then Division Two probably at about uh, uh, or Division Three at about one or one thirty, and. Uh, uh, then you go to Division Two, and then between the Division Two and Division One game, uh, we've got a magic act. Uh, uh, a couple out of the Dells that really do a tremendous job, and it should be interesting, to be honest with you. And so there's a lot for entertainment for the people, the kids. Now, hey, the girls are coming in on Monday. The boys come in on Tuesday. We have a uh, Huge banquet. The girls' banquet will be on Tuesday night. The boys' banquet will be on Wednesday night. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say that something special this year 
a girl from Potosi by the name of Emily Bierman. Uh, she raised over thirty-six thousand uh, dollars for this event, and uh, the record before was seventeen thousand five hundred, somewhere in there. And uh, she's already raised over thirty-six thousand. So kind of amazing. And and while the kids are up here and they practice and they get their game uniforms and and they get flip flops from uh, uh, the shoebox and uh, they get practice gear and and uh, we eat at the best places we're eating. I know one meal is going to be at the pizza pub and wow, uh, they put out the meal there. Another one's at Buffalo Phil's and then the big banquet at Kalahari uh, and the boys follow suit and the same on uh, Thursday and their banquet is Wednesday night. So really an exciting time, Travis, and uh, uh, really looking forward to it this year. Again, those games, the girls' games on Wednesday, June 28th. Boys, Thursday, June 29th. Tickets can be purchased at the door. They are $5 for adults and students. Kids at 5 and under are free. And again, uh, not only the games, which are outstanding, um, very competitive, outstanding players involved, but also some good uh, entertainment for the entire family as well. You can uh, check out the WBCA Hall of Fame there at the Just a Game. Just a great opportunity to, uh, to have some great days of basketball. Um, Coach, the, uh, the All-Star Games are, are one of the big uh, focuses, of course, of the WBCA, but it's not the only thing that the WBCA is involved in. What, uh, what other things does the WBCA do to support coaches, to support the game of basketball in the state of Wisconsin? Yeah, I, I'd like to think that, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the, uh, our, our mission statements is to uh, help coaches and players uh, that play on the different teams in, in the state of Wisconsin. And uh, uh, as far as, you know, we have so many, many awards, Travis, uh, besides Coach of the Year and, and uh, colleges to uh, College Coach of the Year. We go by Division, Division One and Two, and then Division Three, and then Junior College. And, uh, uh, you know, Mr. and Miss Basketball. So a lot of awards. And then, uh, you know, some uh, some lesser awards, such as uh, Team First, that that uh, that coach can uh, give a really really nice certificate to a to a kid that may have not been a starter, but uh, uh, either a boy or girl that that uh, really meant so much to their team and uh, always put the team first. And I think that's a, just a cool award. And and then. You know, one of your ideas that really caught on this year was uh, uh, academic all state, and I believe the the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was 3.5. If you reach that 3.5 level, uh, you received a a beautiful certificate again, recognizing you for your academic achievements. And, and uh, did you? I think you told me that we had. Was it over a thousand, or even maybe more than that, that qualified for that for boys and girls throughout the state? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was approaching two thousand. Maybe we even ticked just over two thousand that um, that were recognized as academic all state, in addition to the uh, the elite academic all state that continued as well. So that was definitely a great uh, new opportunity this year. 
Yeah, and and then some little known things that you know, if if a, a coach, you know, uh, we will provide free consultation with a lawyer if a coach gets gets we if that coach feels that they have been unjustly uh, fired from their job. Uh, we will try to uh, get them legal counsel so that, because, you know, today there's, uh, it, it just, uh, the sad part of athletics is that not every kid can start and especially in basketball and, and some coaches are under the, under the gun, as they say, uh, to be honest with you, because of, uh, uh, you know, this Johnny didn't play or Susie didn't play and, and the parents were upset and, and, uh, we'll go to bat for that coach and, 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 and try to get them legal counsel. Now, if, if the coach is in the wrong, then no, we're not going to touch it. But if, if the coach has a legitimate gripe, then, uh, we think they should have some backing. So there's so many, many different things and, and, uh, uh, that we do, you know, we have a hall of fame banquet. We're probably going to have about 800 people there at that hall of fame banquet in September. And it's a wonderful, wonderful event. We have a fall clinic where, and, uh, and we're kind of excited this year, Travis, because it looks like, it looks like we're going to get Caitlin Clark from the university of Iowa, along with her coach to talk about shooting and demonstrate shooting. And uh, I think that's going to be a huge hit for, for the uh, uh, clinic goers. And, uh, uh, and then we have an all state banquet. And, and uh, uh, as I say, it's a, it's a year around proposition and our membership is somewhere between 4,500 and 5,000. And uh, it's just good, Travis. It's just good. And as the executive director, of course, you're involved in in all of those things. And we have to give a shout out to the 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 as you say, the person that really runs the WBCA. Your wife, Joan Pettigrew, who does so much behind the uh, the scenes uh, with the banquets, with all of the stuff that goes on. Uh, she does an incredible job supporting the WBCA and the coaches as well. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, and I thank you for that because Joan is she's absolutely the best, and and. Uh, uh, right now, she's involved in making sure that uh, the banquets are all set for the All-Star Games this week, and then she dials into the Hall of Fame banquet. And, and uh, uh, yeah, I get the uh, I get the publicity, but it's really Jones. Joan is the uh, the brains behind the operation, as they say. And I don't know what we'd do if we didn't have her. We're continuing our conversation with Jerry Pettigrew, the WBCA executive director, recently retired head coach at uh, Cuba City High School boys basketball, only coach in the state with over five. Excuse me, with over 1,000 victories. Coach, uh, as we have, have talked about before, the the news and the information of high school sports never stops, even outside of the season. And June is always a pretty interesting and sometimes busy month off the court as that is when the WIAA considers proposals that come from the Basketball Coaches Advisory Committee, which is different from the WBCA. We, we should clarify that. Um, any proposals or ideas that they have for tournament regulations, season regulations, those kinds of things come up through the committee process and are voted on in June. 
And we had some fairly significant news this week uh, as the WIAA Advisory Council and the Board of Control con uh, considered a couple significant uh, changes to high school basketball. The first being the utilization of a shot clock beginning in 2025 that was voted uh, down uh, by the Board of Control and then also a change to the divisional structure and the state tournament that would have added two teams to the Division I field at the state tournament to fill that open Thursday morning session. Also uh, rebalanced the divisions a little bit. That actually did not even reach the Board of Control. It was voted down at the Advisory Council level. The only change that did get approved was a minor one involving uh, officials' pregame protocol. Um, so wanted to give you a chance as the executive director of the WBCA to react to those two pretty significant proposals that, uh, that the WBCA spent a lot of time uh, surveying and getting information, providing information to members, um, but did not get passed by the WIAA. Uh, let's, let's maybe start with the uh, basketball tournament one, again, that would have added two Division I teams to state and adjusted the divisional structure. You know, your thoughts or reaction to that one, uh, not even reaching the Board of Control, but failing at the advisory council level. Yeah, disappointed, Travis. Uh, I, uh, you know, uh, I remember when we had eight Division One teams at state, and uh, uh, and then they lost it when we went five divisions. Uh, and uh, I thought this was a grand opportunity to get two more teams at state. They had Thursday morning open, uh, and uh, had, talking to some of the superintendents and some of the principals and some of the coaches around the state, I don't think uh, it, that vote was really against expansion of the state tournament. I think a lot of people would like to see expansion of the state tournament. I think that they would like to see it equally. You know what I mean? So that if you're bringing uh, eight teams in division one, then I think that, Somewhere along the line, you got to pick the other ones up a little bit too. Uh, so I think that you know the big stumbling block. I think is to you know if the contracts. I guess what I've been told uh, with the call center and, and the rice center, uh, and they're they're in place through twenty six or twenty seven uh, that it listed for three days. And, uh, uh, I think if they can renegotiate a contract there, I think there's an appetite to increase the number of teams at stake. I really do. But I, I think that the discussion needs to begin and, uh, uh, and hopefully that, uh, you know, is something that, uh, uh, the WIA office, and, and they have very competent people up there, and Stephanie Hauser and, and Kate Abiot and Mel Dowd and, and Tom Scherfranski. Those are good people, and and I know what they're going to do what's best for high school athletics. But, uh, yeah, that was disappointing. Shot clock, uh, uh, you know, different views on it. Uh, obviously, the coaches want it. The coaches want it. Uh, you know, one of the big things when only nine states had it, then people would say, well, you know, it's not that popular. But now here in the last couple of years, uh, next year, 22 states will have it. And so 
you're now looking at almost a 50% split uh, on the shot clock, and it's going to continue, and it's part of basketball. And so whether we like it or not, eventually it's going to come in. Now, I understand the reason why the small schools budget. You know, they said, hey, you're looking at maybe five to 7000 for shot clocks. And that's no small expense. I understand that. What I'm seeing, uh, uh, you and I have been around the block a number of times. There is a booster in every school district in the state of Wisconsin who will sponsor the shot clock for that particular school. Okay, so I think the school expense would come down to paying the person to run the clock, uh, the $50. And then I I do realize that there could be a problem. How do you bring people up to speed to uh, be able to operate the shot clock? Uh, And I, I think that's where, you know, the WBCA, if that were to ever... Uh, go forward, we were thinking about having classes around the state to train people uh, in the different communities to run the shot clock. Now, I can tell you with when I coached at Cuba City up until this year, we played with the shot clock a number of times, okay? And last year we played in Dubuque, Iowa, because Iowa has the shot clock, and we played in Green, Illinois, and the shot clock went off once, went off once uh, by them, not by us. And it, I think that, that the big thing is you get good coaches and people will say, well, uh, hey, uh, you know, it's a disadvantage for the team that doesn't have as much talent. Uh, I don't think anybody likes to see the stall game and most teams are going to shoot the ball within 35 seconds um, I, I just think that it's a progression of basketball that started with the pros, went to the colleges filtered into high school and now it's becoming prevalent so that uh, we may be one of the last states to adopt it but it will be going in, it will happen and I think we have to have to realize that that it's going to happen because it's progression of basketball and that's what we do but uh, as i said before i i never get too excited about uh i know that as i say this was not a wiaa thing uh this was you know an advisory board and uh uh, the principal's advisory passed the shot clock, I want to say, 8 to 5. And then the Board of Control turned it down. I don't know what the, the vote number was on that, but they turned it down. But all I'm seeing is that, that uh, if you were to poll, we say we're in this for the kids. If you were to poll the kids on the teams across the state of Wisconsin, I think you would see probably about 90% of the kids say we want to shot <laughs> you know but once again now I don't have a horse in the race <laughs> so uh, I, I'm now on the outside looking in by my own choosing and uh, uh, I think that the shot clock will eventually be passed 
and I hope that we expand the state tournament for everyone involved. That is my hope. And, and I know, Travis, people will say, hey, uh, kids missing school. Well, in the springtime, uh, I think if you happen to be on the, girl, on the boys or girls golf team, you're probably missing quite a bit of school that week, you know? And if you're on the track team or uh, baseball team, you're probably missing some days. I'm saying expanding the state tournament by uh, one or two days, I don't think is going to be a huge uh, setback for education in Wisconsin, to be honest with you. But as I said before, I uh, uh, don't get too high, don't get too low, just kind of go with the flow and uh, always uh, keep a positive attitude and see if, if we can, for all athletics, improve what we have. And that's, that's you know, what I hope. Continuing to uh, to talk about the shot clock for, for a moment, um, just want to remind everybody out there that even if the shot clock would have been uh, voted in favor by the Board of Control uh, at Wednesday's meeting, and it was defeated, 9-2 to two was the vote there, even if it would have been implemented, it would have still had to go to the full membership for approval at next year's annual meeting. And that is why I, as you and I have talked about this many times, I, I'm not necessarily a, a shot clock proponent, but I do think sure. that it makes sense that this we just we, we get it out in the open and we have a membership vote. There was a survey that the WBCA conducted at the request of the WIAA that surveyed schools. Uh, that was done this winter. Um, at the school level, it was it did not get support in our survey, but that was just kind of a, a survey, an informational survey. I still I still wish that they would have passed the, the shot clock at the Board of Control this week so that it could go before the membership for a yes or no vote. You know, put it on the schools to say yes or no, and then it gives a little more direction to move forward because now we're we're kind of back to the drawing board, stuck in limbo a little bit on, you know, what, what do we go from here? How do we go from here? You know, how, what, what was the objections and what can be, you know, kind of overcome or, or what do you do, excuse me, from there? So sure. even as somebody that's yeah. not a, a proponent, I would like to see, just put it to the membership and let them decide. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad idea, Travis. I, I agree with you. Put uh, it up or vote it down. And if it's voted down, then, uh, uh, then uh, as you say, uh, uh, why were the reasons that was voted down? And, and, uh, uh, and as I've said many times before, whether you know we approve it or not, uh, it's, it's going to be coming into basketball. And, and uh, five years from now, all 50 states will have the shot clock. And, uh, uh, and that's, that's not... Uh, a crystal ball that's just uh, common sense because uh, it, it, it's going to happen but I do agree with you that uh, on these issues if let the schools decide up or down and then we can get it off the board for a while you know what I mean and uh, so I, I uh, as I said I was disappointed but uh, once again try to stay positive and uh, keep an even keel 
but I, I do remember that survey with the coaches, and and I was a little bit surprised because uh, I the uh, adding more teams at state uh, passed by a pretty significant number uh, of coaches, and most of those, you know, uh, two, three, four, and five, it didn't affect whatsoever, and yet they were in favor of it. So uh, it was interesting. Yeah, the uh, the WBCA surveyed membership in June of 2022, asked, asked them if they would support six Division One teams at state or prefer the current structure, and it was 61% supported six Division One teams at state with 39 uh, current structure. There was also a, a question about adjusting divisional lines. That was supported by the coaches at about 72%, which is a pretty significant number. If you can get 72% of coaches to agree about anything, then you're, <laughs> yeah. you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, yep. right. 72% support, 28% uh, against. You know, I, I want to ask, um, because I get asked a lot in, in my role uh, with the WBCA as a, a board member, um, you know, how how do things get done? You know, how, how does the WBCA get things done with the WIAA? What's that relationship like? If if I'm a coach and I want something, if I want the shot clock, what can I do? What should I do? How does the WBCA help? If you could just kind of go through that relationship with the WIAA and the WBCA and how how the WBCA goes about, you know, providing information, providing support for some of these proposals that come up or, or different things that happen in basketball and how that dynamic works with the WIAA. Yeah, I, I think that we, uh, I'd like to cons- uh, consider that we have a great working relationship with the WIAA. Uh, I think uh, Stephanie Hauser and Kate Aviad and Mel Dowd, Tom Shafransky do a super job, super job. And uh, I think our relationship is good. Do we agree on everything? No, we don't agree on everything, but there is a process, and uh, that process is the coach's advisory, which is, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I want to say made up of like 12 coaches or something like that. Uh, and we give suggestions to the coach's advisory. Here's what we'd like to see uh, from our membership, you know, and you many times have put survey out for us, and now we give it to the coaches advisory and and we have a board member who is on the coaches advisory and we'd say we'd like this to get on the agenda okay and here's our rationale behind it so that's basically our you know but i'm not afraid to pick up the phone and and call stephanie hauser or call kate aviat and say i i think that you know here's something that the coaches really want and they will usually say to me, coach, give me data, give me data, give me some uh, proof that this is what the coaches want. Okay. And then we'll see, bring it to coaches advisory, let the coaches advisory vote it up or down. And then from there, it goes to the next level, which is usually athletic directors. Then from the athletic directors, it goes to the principals. Then from the principals, it goes to the board of control. So, uh, as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day, and there's a lot of hoops that you have to go through if you're going to make changes. But there have been positive changes that have taken place, Travis. I mean, it wasn't that many years ago when we had the seatbelt rule. 
and you know, people had to sit. Uh, coaches had to sit down, and uh, uh, and people said, "Oh my goodness, if you allow a coach to stand, uh, it's going to be chaos." Well, I don't know how many years we got rid of the seatbelt now, but that hasn't happened. It's like a teacher in a classroom, Travis. Uh, if you're sitting behind the desk, you're not doing the job. <laughs> you got to get up. You got to move around, and you got to uh, you got to be part of the action. And uh, uh, and the referees do a good job. And if a coach gets out of line, they they kind of nail them. And, and Travis, uh, you know, the WBCA. I'd like to think that hey, we were responsible for the halves. There's only two states that have the halves, Minnesota and Wisconsin in high school basketball. And uh, uh, and I think the coaches love it because we get to play four extra minutes. Instead of 32-minute games, we got 36-minute games. And, uh, uh, you know, and then uh, uh, another thing the WBCA really worked hard on was, hey, if uh, you're the top seed, you should get a home game. And now the top seed gets home games all the way through the regional, you know, and that's a real advantage. And, but it should be, you should be rewarded for having a winning your conference and being uh, chosen as the number one seed. And it uh, used to be by the coaches and now it's by, by computer. But uh, so there, there are changes and change always is slow, but usually change is positive. And, uh, I can't think of too many things that that uh, we've pushed for uh, that that uh, have been negative. To be honest with you, I I think when we look back on the track record, you say uh, the WBCA as far as basketball, and, uh, I I think the things that we pushed for and they passed have proven that we were right and they have been good for the sport. The same way I give great deal of credit i think wrestling has come a long ways i think that that uh, uh who's ever heading up the wrestling organization now uh, they've made some changes in wrestling here the last couple of years that have been dynamite as far as i'm concerned and really have helped that sport uh and so i think each sport has its own organization and uh there is a process that they go through to try to push for their sport and I always say this, there's no such thing as a bad sport. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'd like to see, uh, uh, you know, beanbags brought in as a, you know, they brought in bowling. So why not bring in beanbags? There's some people down here. We've got trap shooters, you know, and uh, it's, uh, it's amazing when kids are involved in athletics, uh, no matter what the sport is, you find yourself a better kid, and uh, that's that's the philosophy I go under. You know, talking about the uh, the seeding, obviously there's been changes along the way. I mean, when I was in high school and we were getting our butts kicked by Cuba City every year at Richland Center, uh, you know that was that was back when it was preset. You know, you knew in yeah. November who you were going to play in the yeah. first round of the playoffs, and it it didn't create good matchups very often. But uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting how things have progressed so much. Yeah, uh, over the no, years. You're, you're right. You're right. And then, and, and uh, there was a guy up there in Ritson Center by the name of Leroy Stahl. I remember that. And we didn't do much kicking back then. 
And, uh, and also, uh, uh, who was a fellow at Platteville that played for Richmond uh, Center? Yeah, Merrill Brunson. Um, oh yeah, yep. Merrill Brunson. He he was he was something else too, to be honest with you. And and uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I what I, you know what I really remember about Richmond Center, Travis is they were one of the first to have really a ultra modern new gymnasium. God, it was such a nice gym. Such a nice gym, and, and uh, uh, I remember looking down, and geez, the uh, the end line almost went a block <laughs> beyond. You know, it was it was huge, and uh, uh, we enjoyed playing there. Enjoyed playing there. That was the old Southern Eight, so it was good time. Good time. Yeah, uh, I. I mean, we've known each other a long time. I, I went to the tri-state basketball camps when I was a sophomore <laughs> in high school uh, over in, in Beloit. Um, sure. Played, played against your Cuba City teams at Richland Center every year. And I think, we, I, think we got, uh, I think we got your freshman and JV teams maybe, but then varsity, I don't think we had as much success. In fact, I, I've told you this before. You, you might remember. I, I turned the ball over with like five seconds left at Cuba when we were down by one the year that you guys won state in 1998. That one always, uh, always sticks with me. But uh, yeah, no. And, and was your coach Jamie Johnson then? Yep, that was uh, that was our coach back then. My high school coach Jamie Johnson. Um, sure. Yep. Uh, yeah. Good good stuff at Richland Center and. Um, but yeah. definitely, definitely appreciate you coming on, Coach. Uh, before we let you go, I, I do want to ask you because, you know, you're you're for for now in, in in you know still involved in the WBCA as executive director, but you're retired as a basketball coach. You're not coaching right. a high school basketball team for the first time in over fifty years. Um, yep. What has it been like so far? I know you've continued to be involved. You were involved in the transition uh, with Tanner Sheevy, the new head coach there at Cuba City. You actually, are former coach here in Reedsburg where my uh, where my sons uh, attend school um, sure. you know what has it been like not having to worry as much in the offseason about getting camps set up and tournaments and workouts and what kids are doing and what do you anticipate basketball season being like this coming year yeah no to, to, to be very honest with you it's it's a different feeling you know because as you just mentioned it you were always uh, the summer schedule was quite busy and you were looking forward to uh, you know the different tournaments that were being held in the summer and having your five contact days and working as hard as you could to get your team ready you know uh, but uh, uh, it's another phase of life I think but I always say this uh, when you get up in the morning you need a purpose you need a purpose no matter what that purpose is and and uh, so uh, my wife, Joan, has always been involved with a lot of different groups here in Cuba City, uh, many of them church-related. And uh, that's what what I, you know, besides the WBCA, uh, like yesterday I was up in Belleville, and uh, I put in the 131. They used a contact day, and I put in the 131 defense uh, for their team. And it, it was quite enjoyable, and it was nice to get back out on the floor, and I'm given couple of private lessons here or there and uh uh that that seems you know uh, what i now i you know probably going to see a few more uw uh uh few w uh platteville games because brady olson and max lucy are up there and 
and uh, we've got season tickets to uh, the Badgers. Uh, and uh, so maybe make a few more of those games, not on Wednesday nights because they start those at eight o'clock and time I get back in Cuba city, it's usually midnight. And that's too late for me. I got to be in bed. So, but no, it's, it's a different feeling. And uh, I've been very fortunate in life. And, and uh, I, uh, I look forward each day to uh, uh, a new challenge. I'm sure. I'm sure TJ in uh, Belleville appreciates you telling everybody they're running the one-three-one this year. <laughs> I don't know. He plays pretty good man <laughs> defense. He plays pretty good man defense. He's going to have a nice squad again, uh, but uh, they play pretty good man. But every once in a while, you need to have that in your back pocket at one-three-one, just in your back pocket against that team that that might have a little bit more quickness than you and getting into the lane and what have you and and. Uh, uh, that's the reason I think why TJ and I got together and he asked me to come out. Yeah, they had a great team last year. Demarcus Connor, Andrew Ace, they yeah. had a really strong group last year. Uh, went out in a sectional final to Luther in an excellent ball game. So uh, we'll yeah. see if they can con- continue things, uh, keep that going in the, in the Capital South. Well, Coach, uh, we've kept you for a little over half an hour so far. We're going to let you get on your way, but do appreciate uh, the, the time talking about the, uh, especially the WBCA All-Star Games. And let's remind everybody out there one more time when those are. It's next Wednesday is the girls' All-Star Games, June 28th. Start at 9 in the morning with D5 and progress throughout the day. The boys are on Thursday, June 29th. Tickets at the door, $5 for adults and students. Kids 5 and under are free. And don't forget the Rim Rockers, uh, the, the magic of Andrew and Lynette, uh, magic show mixed in there as well so some great wbca all-star games coming up uh and again appreciate your insight onto the uh the basketball uh changes that were proposed and, and voted down and how that process works um so yeah uh, uh, really appreciate you coming on and, and taking some time with us on the wsn podcast coach hey travis you're uh, you're a gem believe me you're a gem and uh wbca is lucky to have you on our board and, and uh i love you bud and uh uh, you have a great day, and, and uh, uh, keep getting uh, your own kid better. I'd like to see Reedsburg uh, make some noise up there one of these years, you know? All right, that sounds good. Appreciate it, Coach. All right, there we go. Great conversation with Coach Pettigrew. All kinds of uh, topics covered. Some great information on the WBCA All-Star Games. Good insight into uh, what happened this week from a uh, WIAA vote perspective with basketball regulations and uh, just good to catch up with Coach Pettigrew as always. Well, again, it's off-season for high school sports, but that doesn't mean that the news and information ends. There's going to be all kinds of news and information coming out over the next couple months. Coaching changes, recruiting news. We had some big recruiting news in football this week with uh, Nathan Roy from Iguanago, the top-ranked football player in the in the 2B senior class committing to Minnesota. Didn't even have Wisconsin in his final three. Robert Booker, outstanding tight end from Wanakee, decommitted from the Badgers and will head to UCLA instead. Some other players getting offers and commitments. Uh, it's, it's that time of the year. Kids are going to start, in many cases, getting things wrapped up in the next month or so in advance of the season starting it's not that far away. I hate to say it. I hate to say it because my wife always gets mad at me. I tell her 4th of July is really the end of summer. And, and quite honestly, it's end of June or late June for me. Because August means football. Football means work. 
Football means school starting. Um, we start getting ready for football well in advance of August, like, like all the coaches and players do. We'll have all kinds of information coming out for football very soon. We already published our off-season team rankings. We already uh, did our championship catch-up, talking with the coaches from last year's cha- state championship teams and getting you know, a little bit of a look back on, on, on their title runs and also the you know, little insight into uh, this coming year. Very soon we will start conference previews as well for every conference in the state. Um, might still start those in the month of June, otherwise into uh, early July. Once the WSN Gridiron Showcase wraps up, we get one more chance to see some outstanding football players at, uh, at that event. We'll start working on our player rankings before the season starts as well. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. And again, for me, I always feel like summer's almost over, even though it's just, what, one or two days ago that it officially started. But there will continue to be off-season information on Wisports.net. You're going to want to make it a daily destination for all of your high school sports news and information. Hey, let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads this, uh, this summer. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that will do it. We'll wrap things up for today for the WSN podcast. Outstanding guest with Coach Pettigrew coming on. We'll continue to have some excellent guests over the course of the summer. Coaches, athletes. Uh, people involved in high school sports uh, and a good chance to kind of reflect a little bit um, and, and slow down and, and get out of the daily grind of, of what's going on in games and, and kind of talk about some bigger picture items. So looking forward to some of that coming up here this summer as well. Well, that will do it for today, though. This has been a WSN podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.